honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What up, homies? You're listening to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Want to do something a little bit, a lot a bit differently, honestly. We um, decided to host an event, super exclusive, picked bunch of people that we thought would be good to get together that don't really know each other invited them they got a text like yo show up here at this time here's a place and they didn't really know anything outside of that and uh, we prompted them like yo just talk about like something that you're you're struggling with and honestly like i'm still surprised still surprised at like the level that people opened up i've got the entire team here not the entire team i've got all the founders here right now Uh, but i think all of us just super surprised at the level that people opened up (laughs) <laughs> and that was their cue to jump <laughs> I mean definitely um, at the end of the day we I literally thought that five people would actually show up and speak um, but for everyone that was in the room to go up there and speak and kind of speak what they were speak about what they were struggling with is uh, something that is still powerful to this day and will be um, so I'm really excited for everybody to hear this and hopefully um hearing this will inspire other people to kind of speak up and let people know like that you are struggling with something. It was big for us too. Like everybody from our team, like I'm pretty sure everybody on our team went up and talked as well. I didn't expect that. Um, didn't expect that at all. Yeah. And I think what's, what's really important to remember too, is just that it's okay to talk about these things and it's something that, you know, you feel these thoughts, emotions, what have you, and yeah, they're scary, but at the same time, they don't have to be, you know, we can talk about them. There's people that are also going through these things. There's people that can help you through these things. So being open and understanding that is, is pretty important. Yep. I think, uh, it's important to have a platform where to allow people to, to share their experiences or what they're going through. Cause most of the time, those type of environments aren't really available. So us being able to like curate something like that was very eye-opening. And I think that's something that I would try to encourage for, for the near future to do. Agreed. And honestly, like we just want to do something different, something quirky. We're like, yo, let's turn this into a podcast. Also a full video if you want to see it. Also a slimmed down video. That's super emotional, super, super dope. So definitely go check that out. But um, if you like it, let us know. We'll definitely do more of this. Go leave us a review on iTunes. Um, just let us know what you think. Subscribe. Yeah. Leave us a review. Um, and you are now about to listen to the strange on purpose podcast. Thank you so much. And shout out to Kylie for letting us use arts at large, um, and the new space down in Walker's point, because that space is kind of what made the, the event look the way it, it is going to look, or it was looking. Wow. I, yeah, you can't watch anyway, it. so I'm <laughs> just going to keep talking and I thought, well, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, really dope episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. They're not talking about the things that they're struggling with. It's like, oh, Q, like, how are you doing? 
good, right? Oh, how are you doing? Good, and that's it, and it just stops there. So we wanted to spark real conversation. So I'm gonna walk you through how this is gonna work. Um, so essentially, you got, a, you got a number when you walked in. Mine is zero because my favorite number is zero, and I'm weird. Yeah, y'all got numbers? Yes, number. Okay, so the number signifies when you order, you're gonna come up here. Order, you're gonna come up here, and you're gonna talk about, the prompt is, what are you struggling with, or what have you struggled with? You do not have to come up here. All right, you do not have to come up here. I see you making a face, dude. You don't have to come up here, but I want you to, right? I want you to. <laughs> I want you to because it, like telling my story, honestly, like that's the thing that changed my life and it's the thing that changed all of our lives and there's so much power and so much easier to connect and so, mo so many more opportunities happen when you actually open up and you share those things and we're gonna be creating a film about it. So one, if you have any issues with that, just let us know, we won't put you in the film. And two, if you don't want to come up, you don't have to come up. So again, how that's going to work. So you come up here, three minutes, enter stage left. I believe that's stage left. I was a musician once. Um, you're going to come up here. You're going to say, go like this in front of the camera. My number is zero and just state your name and then you go. And then Katie back there, beast of a musician back there. You got three minutes to go. She's going to stop you with something like that. And that's your cue. Hey, I've got to finish my thought. Right? So if I'm talking, I'm telling my story. I've got to finish my thought when I hear that. And then you exit stage left. Next person, next number comes up. I'll probably just scream out the number. Dids will give you a thumbs up. That's when you go. And then you start talking. Does that sound good? Love it. She missed all of that, but that's okay. <laughs> Is there a specific time? So you got three minutes. Yeah. Just talk about anything just then? No, no. So prompt is what are you struggling with? Or what have you struggled with? Sweet, guys. And that's it. And again, walk up, stage left. What's up? So if I only speak for 15 seconds, is that okay? 15 seconds, totally fine. Prompt is, what are you struggling with or what have you struggled with, and that's it. And again, none of us have prepared anything totally candid. Like, I have no idea what I'm about to say right now. I just know that I'm struggling with stuff, right? We're gonna turn it into a film and we'll figure it out. Totally an experiment, right? We're good? Yes. Yes. My name is Quentin Allums. Um, so honestly, like, I didn't, I didn't want to do this at all. I didn't want to come up here. I actually asked Brema. Um, to do the first one, because like, I, I struggle with like, putting myself out there, which is strange when you think about it, because I literally like, speak for a living. I put myself out there for a living, right? Like on stage, on camera, on social, on messages. I do it all day, all the time, every day. That's literally all I do. And like, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with my story, but like, growth happened quickly, right? Like, literally one day I had, I was taking all my stuff and I was selling it so I could finally pay my utilities bill, so I could finally turn on the power back on, right? And it felt like the next day, like I was traveling and speaking on these huge stages and people looked at me like as this thought leader and I had this team that now all of a sudden was relying on me to pay their bills, right? So things changed quickly for me. And now, like I struggle with like this false notion that people don't actually really care about me. Like they all, they just want something. And if I'm being honest with myself, it's like not even this false notion. Like I truly believe that people don't actually care. It's like, yo Q, like I need some personal branding tips. Can you help with that? Not, hey Q, how are you doing? Or yo Q, like your company's growing really quickly. How are you doing? There's none of that. Or hey dude, give me job, I need money, right? Like, but how are you actually doing? And there's none of that. I think because of that, that's why I've been so adamant about doing things like this and building a community and fostering that sense of belonging because it's just lacking in something that I haven't been shown. Then I wish more people in my position would open up about those things and start sharing the things that they're struggling with, especially like that because it's just not talked about. And I know I'm not going to be the only one that, that feels that way. And I'm now, I know I'm not the one that only, only one that feels like that right now. That's what I struggle with. Do people actually care? Yes.
Sam started the score. So, yeah. Oh, there's number zero. So you got number one. He's up. Diz will give you the cue. Okay, um, this is the first time I've done anything like this. My name is Karen, got number one, as you can see. Um, I was really nervous about doing this, but I just wanted to share my experience and basically anyone out there who's struggled with something similar. Um, basically from the age of two or three to about 20, I was uh, sexually and physically abused by a female family member in my family. And uh, it took a huge toll on me mentally. Um, I pretty much every day from 11 to 18, I wanted to kill myself. I didn't think I was worth being here. But I'm here to tell you that no matter what trauma you've ever had, whatever you've had in your life, you deserve to be here. You deserve to live, you deserve to be here, you deserve to have good things. I get people who message me all the time saying, wow, Karen, you're so great. Like how you're amazing that you've gone through something like that. And then they tell me their story and they try to like minimize their abuse. And it's like abuse is abuse. I don't care if it happened once. I don't care if it happened a hundred times. You're allowed to feel that pain. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Thank you. My name is Kenny Jacino, and um, the thing I struggle with the most is confidence and the opinion I get from other people. Um, a lot of my junior, and junior high and high school years, I go based off those years because I don't have many in my year bank stored up, so gotta go with what I got. Um, many of those years were just seeking validation from other people, whether it was how good I was at a sport or how good I was at with talking with people, or how I can make people laugh, or how much I can get people to like me. Um, and that really took a toll on me because every time I tried to seek out a new aspiration, a new goal for myself, I kept getting this little emptiness inside of me thinking, you know, am I seeking what I want or am I seeking what other people want from me? Um, so a lot of that took a toll on my confidence and it's pretty confusing to other people because they think I'm a fairly confident person. Um, but really what it comes down to is a lot of the times I put up a front that I'm very confident because I want people to think that. Um, not saying that I'm very insecure about a certain thing. I don't really have, um, in my opinion, a lot of hardships that I can base myself off. But it's just more so what other people think of me. And that's something that is, for me, a continual process to try to fix or you know, live with or to be able to refine in a way, because I don't think that's necessarily fixable. You'll always have a little voice inside your head, you know, giving you doubts, but, you know, it's something that I live with and something I'm still working on and trying to figure out, so.
Derek Hawkins, and I struggle and have struggled with imposter syndrome. Um, 30 years old, uh, I started a law firm when I was 25. I now work in-house for a Fortune 500 publicly traded company. But despite that, I've always had this inferiority complex where I feel that no matter how high I climb, no matter what success I achieve, um, it's not, I haven't earned it, right, in a weird way. Um, and a lot of that stems from me having somewhat of an untraditional path in my field. Um, the recognized or normal path is you go to law school, you work at a big firm, you build a book of business, you build your clientele, and then one day you branch out and do your own thing. And then you're respected because you've already worked in that field for a long time. I didn't have any of that. Uh, when I graduated, I had no job prospects. Um, it was just me in my living room, my son, figuring out how to pay bills. Um, and the reason I want to bring this up is just I felt, I've always felt like there was uh, this expectation that I should follow one path to get to where I need to go. And I feel like the path that I've taken has been judged by, specifically in the legal community, it's, it's a very, um, it's, a, it's an old boys club in a lot of ways, right? And uh, my path has always been somewhat non-traditional and I just want to say that there's no such thing as a right way to get somewhere. There's no such thing as bad experience. The best experience is experience in any capacity. Um, so the thing that I struggle with is imposter syndrome. Hello everyone, this is my five, this is upside down. My name is Kayla, um, not gonna lie, I feel like I'm gonna pass out right now, so if anyone is in the medical field, please feel free to catch me. Um, I think part of why I feel like I'm going to pass out is kind of what Karen touched on about the self-worth thing that I've been struggling with for many years now. Um, I believe that it kind of started around the time that I came out to my parents. Um, not a good thing in their heads, not happening. Uh, have a pretty decent relationship with my mother right now. Don't really have one with my father at this time and that kind of really, really affected me in ways that I actually am still uh, figuring out at this, at, to this day. Um, so I guess I know that I am worthy. Um, I've also struggled with uh, depression, anxiety, um, suicidal thoughts at times. Um, I know deep down though I am worth it and I guess I'm just working every day to actually fully believe that for myself. So that'll be it. Would have forgot my own cue. <laughs> what I struggle with is figuring out where I land. In middle school, high school, physically bullied, picked on, never fit in, never sat in with any crowd. I was everybody's second pick for group projects. But what I struggled with, and I'm still always struggling with, is just finding out who I am and being comfortable with that person. I think that. No matter who you are, where you come from, where you want to go, what you do, finding out who you are before you figure out what you want to do is so important. Because that way, no matter what you do in life, you're going to be so, so, so super successful because you're going to know who you are. And if people try and take you down a notch, 
you're gonna be okay because you know where you stand. You know who you are. And you know how to bounce back from that. So something I always struggle with and still struggle with is just being first for myself and making sure that I project that to the rest of the world. Thank you. Number seven, Sam Lister. Right now is one of the best moments of my life, but it's also one of the hardest. I know the most people I ever have. I'm connected with the most people I've ever have been. I am the most lonely I've ever been. It's very easy to front on social media. It's very easy to show, hey, this is this is life, this is me, I'm making a lot of money, I have a team, I'm making videos for a living, X, Y, and Z, but I am lonely and I, I struggle with that. But it's, it's very easy to not see that on social media and that's what I'm trying to change. That's why I love talking about this because I really haven't talked about it in the past. But that's why I wanna document my life and show people behind the scenes show people how hard it is to run a business and start a company. So I'm not going to school, I'm 19 years old, and this is me. I'm doing my company, I'm doing my own thing, and it's very easy to see, oh, that kid's successful, that kid's got it made. Yes, yes, I'm making money, yes, I'm doing video, whatever, that is, that's irrelevant, but I'm lonely, and a lot of people do not share that, especially on social media. And that's what I want to try to change. I want to show people it's okay to talk about these things. And this event is perfect for that, but actually sharing those things with the world. Because once you become vulnerable in that sense, once you share what you're struggling with the world, once this, this film goes live, then you feel a pressure release. Oh, that wasn't too bad. Other people struggle with that. And that's what I want to change. That's what I want to help other people with. So I'm lonely. But I know a lot of other entrepreneurs are lonely. So that's what I struggle with. Am I out of frame if I step on it? No, you're not that tall, man. Oh, cool. Thanks, buddy. Uh, number eight, JMAT. Uh, I struggle with a lot of things. Uh, I actually struggle with ADD, so when he was giving the prompt, and I was like, what's the prompt? I literally had already forgotten what he said at the beginning of the statement, because that's what ADD is like. I lose my train of thought all the time, which is fun. Um, so figuring out that uh, navigation is just something I just have to cope with. I have to learn ways to redirect my thought pattern so that I know where I was going. Uh, I also struggle with something called trichotillomania. It's a form of obsessive compulsive disorder, which if you can notice, my hair's a little thin on top, but it's a weird like balding pattern that's only up here. It's not like a normal bald. It's uh, an obsession where I compulsively pluck out my own hair. It sucks. I don't know how to solve it. There's literally no solution for it. Uh, there's coping ways, which is wearing a hat. It prevents me from getting at the hair, and that's often why I do wear a hat, to kind of prevent that uh, compulsion of mine. Uh, I have in the past, I'm not currently struggling with it, I've had severe depression and suicidal ideation. Uh, I've seen therapists for it, and it has done wonders for me. I can't talk up 
therapists enough, but I think what's really important to know about therapy is it's not one size fits all. Medication is not for everybody, it is for some people, and therapy, you can find the wrong therapist, but you are the boss, unless it's court appointed. Uh, you can pick a different therapist if you want a different therapist. Someone's not working for you, good, see ya. Go to somebody else, spend your money there. You can find the right medication and the right help for you. You just have to look and you have to be willing to look. So, thank you. Now, um, one of the things that I struggle with as a youth and occasionally as an adult is uh, rejection. I feel like rejection is one of the things that um, as a young person, as a child, when you're growing up, it's one of the things they don't teach you how to cope with. So you think about it from the standpoint of youth sports and activities and those types of things when you're not good enough and you don't make the cut and you know they tell you that you can't be a part of something and carry that over to life, you know, relationships with different people, jobs, all those different things like that that are really important that can, you know, um, have an effect on your ego as a man, it can really take a toll on you. So you start to internalize a lot of different things and you feel like, am I really good enough? And you question, you know, sometimes why uh, am I going through this struggle? You know, I've prepared the five Ps, proper preparation presents prevents poor performance. I did everything I was supposed to, but you're still not selected. You're still not you know, given that opportunity. So um, it's taken a while to understand, and obviously in a lot of the fields that I've been in, I've been told no a lot. So I've been able to kind of understand how to deal with it, but occasionally it, it tends to come back, and you'd be like, man, I did everything I was supposed to. You know, I prepared. You know, I did my research. I was this, I was that, and to hear somebody reject your idea or tell you that, you know, that doesn't make sense or, you know, we're going to go with somebody who has more skills is something that, you know, I really struggle with as a kid with uh, certain relationships as an athlete, um, with different friendships, relationships, but however, um, through faith, through friends who champion me, who believe in me, I've been able to um, continue to push forward, uh, get to where I am now, um, kind of rely on some different things to relieve the kind of stresses, um, have a talk with myself about not having an ego and just understand that um, I'm where I'm supposed to be and I'll go where I'm supposed to go as long as I'm uh, as strong as I need to be. Thank you. Devin Zilmer, um, out of the Milwaukee area, but um, I think the biggest thing that I struggle with, honestly, is a self-confidence issue. Um, as I was growing up, I think a lot of people tried to make me fit into a mold, and I tried growing into that. Um, but over time, it just kind of left me feeling like empty, and, and it, it, I really did struggle with that for a long time. And uh, it's taken me, honestly, it's probably taken me since I was like 14, really, to grow out of that mold. And uh, in the past couple of years, I've seen so much growth, but. I think the thing that really bothered me during that time is that I thought I was supposed to be an athlete, I thought I was supposed to be smart in school, and I did all those things and I, and I excelled at them, but like, I did them because of other people, I didn't do it because of me, I didn't do it because of where I wanted to go. Um, and now I'm just getting to that point in my life where I'm kind of transitioned to getting, uh, getting ahead and getting where I want to be mentally, I think has been really cool, so thank you. 
My name is Tariq. I don't like this, even though I'm on radio. Um, I guess I struggle with quite a bit of things. I guess the biggest thing is letting my folks down, and my dad. My dad was, both my parents were poor, southern town in Alabama. Picked cotton as kids. My dad's mom was murdered. He got out of that, went to the military, married my mom, got a house, did all this from nothing to where he is now. I always wonder if I'm living up to his expectations. I feel like a failure a lot of times. I work harder, still feel like a failure. That translates to me feel like I let other people down. So I work even harder, jeopardize my own health because I care and worry about other people than myself. I try to overcome that, to do different things, but it's still in the back of my head. I still work harder and harder and harder. And my dad just suffered a stroke last year. Talked to him, he's, he's you know, getting old. And you feel like even like time's even shorter to make him proud. Even though he says you're proud, my mom says you're proud of me, that hurts, you know, thinking about that. And then also translates to when I was in the military, I was supposed to get deployed to Iraq. I love my unit, I served my troops. They didn't let me go for medical reasons. That affected me even more. So I felt that I let them down, I thought they thought that I was a slacker trying to get out of it. That propelled me to work even harder. Jeopardized my health, I ended up with Crohn's, had a surgery. Um, I actually had blood pressure, cholesterol issues, dealing with that now. So I struggle with that, I talk to friends, I'm actually trying to find a therapist. Um, I'm actually going on a road with Justin Vernon this weekend to try to fix that. But um, that's the thing I struggle with almost every day. And one belief that I've held on to for a really long time is that I don't believe I have the right to have a voice, that I have the right to be seen, that, and that I don't exist. And looking back, there are a few different things that I can point to as to why I might have kept believing this belief that didn't really serve me. Growing up, I wasn't heard. And I was told it was just due to the pitch of my voice that they couldn't hear me. Going into high school, my freshman year, I was diagnosed with POTS and dysautonomia, in which nobody else could see, but my body was failing me internally. If I stood up, I'd black out. No one else around me would notice, but the entire world around me would go dark. And when I would go to try to look into a mirror to know myself, I would look at a black screen. I would disappear right before my eyes and not be able to confirm that I exist. Moving forward, this has been reconfirmed again when people would speak over me, use my body in ways that I didn't consent to. And time and time again, it just kept being reinforced. This affected me in terms of what I allowed myself to pursue what I thought was within my grasp, what I thought was allowed for me, and putting up boundaries. 
Recently, I've started to learn that boundaries are okay, that they're necessary, and that they're healthy. I've learned how to speak up for myself in certain situations, but I'm still working on it. And other people often look at me and say, oh, you're so brave for going through whatever experiences I've had. Yet, each day, I'm still fighting this battle. And each day, those things didn't seem brave to me because I had that internal view. And moving forward, I'm working on seeing myself and who I can be and who the world around me might see, even though they don't have that internal look. Trying to take their glasses and put them on. Thank you. Chantel. One thing that I struggle with is not meeting other people's standards. So whether I'm up here publicly speaking or I'm about to launch my business, I feel the pressure that I may have told someone that I was going to do X and actually didn't uh, follow through on what they were expecting. So I guess being a perfectionist and making everyone happy is something that I struggle with. Uh, Q Elamine, and uh, currently I'm struggling with whether I or not I want to stay in Milwaukee. Uh, I travel a lot and I go across the country and we're very, very far behind on a number of different issues. And so right now it's like, hey, I know I've been here. I know I've put in a lot of work here. I love the people that are here. I want to help the people that are here. But everywhere I go, like my brother was just out in LA they were like, well, if you was doing what you was doing there, out here, you'd be making a quarter million dollars a year easily. And so I'll go to Alabama, I'm uh, building a residential housing development down there, and I've got more investment, like private investment down there than I have in all my projects up here. So it's just like, why am I struggling up here? So right now, that's my personal struggle, is like stay here and fight the fight or go somewhere else and it'll be uh, a little bit easier. Bobby. Um, one thing I recently struggled with was failing out of nursing school. Um, I'm a first-generation immigrant. My parents brought me here to the U.S. when I was five years old. Um, so my mission has always been to make them proud. I've always wanted to make them proud because they sacrificed everything that they had because they wanted me and my brothers to have an opportunity to be successful here. And uh, so failing out of nursing school felt like a big disappointment. Felt like I let them down. Um, but little did I know that, after, that life and God had other plans for me. Um, so while I was doing nursing school, I was also double majoring in Spanish. And because I had double majored in Spanish, um, my intention was to do medical interpreting along with the nursing. Um, but uh, so after I graduated with just that Spanish degree, um, I, was, I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep doing the medical interpreting. I didn't know what I wanted to do with that degree. Uh, my first thought was I need to go back and finish nursing school at some point. Um, but then I was on social media, saw a posting about a job 
as a high school Spanish teacher and saw that the requirement was just to have a Spanish major. I had never considered going into education, although all my life I've worked with youth and via coaching and leading retreats. Um, something in my heart was just burning to apply. And I applied, got interviewed within a week, and got the job that same day. And I've been really, really happy with that. Um, and yeah, I felt like I was a big disappointment, and I felt like I let my parents down. Um, but although it was really hard for me to deal with that and deal with that pressure, see my parents struggle with me, um, I feel really, really happy where I'm at right now. And it's crazy to say that I'm a teacher because I never thought I would go into teaching. But um, it's just crazy because sometimes we make plans for ourselves and we think we, we have it all figured out. Like, we're going to do this for sure. And then life has a funny way of just pointing you in another direction. And I never thought about going into education. I'm the happiest I have ever been in my life. Um, so yeah, thank you guys. Um, the thing that I struggle with the most is feeling um, part of a place, feeling included. And I think that stems back to when I was a child, we moved quite a bit with my family when we were younger. And I moved to a new small community and I spent an entire year every day at recess by myself because nobody talked to me. And I think just that feeling of not being included, not being seen, not being part of this group really affected me. And I think that's why today I always plan these events where I'm doing dinner parties, having new people in town join our group, because I went through that and I just feel that nobody should have to experience that feeling where they're not being seen, they're not being heard, they're not part of a community, even if they are the new person. So I'd encourage everybody to invite that new person in town over to have dinner with your friends. Um, even if you're walking down the street, just to smile and acknowledge somebody, I think would just mean the world to any person. So, thank you. Seventeen, Chris. So, some of the stuff that I struggle with a little bit is um, confidence. I have a lot of hard time just like shooting a shot or um, taking a leap of faith on a limb, just doing something out of my comfort zone. I'm un even uncomfortable up here, honestly. I want to take a seat. <laughs> so that's one of the one things I struggle with. Um, something else that I struggle with is embracing love and support sometimes. So. Sometimes it's hard for me to like take it all in and know that it's a general, genuinely love out there and that people love me and want to see me grow and succeed and become something in life. And something else I struggle with is uh, just finding my place in life, honestly. Like, I'll take a look at my sister and see she's doing like incredible things. I never thought she'd be an author. And like, I'll see some of my best friends be doing the best of things. And, and I'll just sit back and look and think to myself that I'm sitting in a cubicle doing something I'm not happy with. So I try to find happiness in little things. So I try to take a step back and remind myself of one of my favorite quotes is, there's no ladder to success. You gotta take the stairs. So I gotta 
get, I'm trying to get better at knowing that everything's not a race. Everything isn't glitz and glamour. And that I just got to take it a day at a time sometimes. Thank you. My name's Ron. I struggle with hopelessness every day. I have a six-year-old son. He means the world to me. But at the same time, the world's burning. We're not doing enough to save it. I don't believe there's enough time to save it. A lot of scholars don't believe there's enough time to save it. And we do nothing. And I have to look at him every day knowing that I brought him into the world and he might have to live in hell and I wouldn't be there to protect him. That kills me. And it's not right. You've all had pretty good time on the planet and in life and a lot of kids aren't going to get half of what we've got. That's what I'm dealing with. I'm Luke, um, and it's been uh, one hell of a personal year. <laughs> um, so I just graduated high school, and um, the biggest personal event that's happened to me this last year, we lost my younger brother, Jake, uh, to suicide. Um, it still gives me chills to say that. And uh, he was a freshman, 15 years old. Um, all three of my siblings, including myself, are uh, adopted. And he, he just never found a spot. He never felt valued. Um, never found a passion to hook onto, and there's nothing left. And um, yeah, it, it hurts because I, I <laughs> for the for the week after his death, I I um, it was just really quiet, a lot of thinking, and thought I could have done something else to uh, get him out of that hole. But what's done is done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a huge personal growth year as well, and I'll, le I'll leave it up on a, on a good note. Um, like I said, all three of us were adopted. Um, I'm actually from Milwaukee originally. Um, and so this past year I found my birth parents um, on Facebook, <laughs> of all things. Um, and it, yeah, it took me 20 minutes of Facebook searching. I was just curious. I think it was like 1.30 in the morning. Um, and I, I shot them uh, a message and uh, had a reply the next morning. Um, and they, they wanted to, to see me and meet up. And um, that's been <laughs> insane. I was actually, before the shoot, I uh, was hanging out with my birth parents and my uh, two full-blood younger brothers. Um, <laughs> it's been, yeah, once again, just a crazy year of personal growth. And yeah. I, I'd uh, never change how it how it's happened so far. My name is Charlotte Streeter. Um, so I'm struggling the most with finding myself, 
um, finding where I'm the happiest. So I came in here tonight and I know some of you, I don't know some of you, um, the people I do know, they ask me, what am I doing now? Where am I at? And honestly, I have no clue. I've been struggling to find my happiness. I've gone down this path of, this dark path the past few months of figuring out what I want to do, where I want to be, who I want to be. And I've started seeing someone again, a therapist. Um, and the biggest thing that I've realized is that I'm 22 and you are constantly changing, you are constantly evolving. I've had this string of waking up every day and it's a new job idea that I want to do. It's a new place I want to be. And I'm really struggling with where I want to be, finding that place. But the thing is that our happiness, that's always going to be changing. It's always going to be evolving around our environment. And my parents, my friends, what they tell me might not be the best for me. And their happiness isn't going to compare to my happiness. And that I just have to find where I want to be. Um, I also struggle with chronic pain. I've had three hip surgeries and I'm still needing three more. I started out as a biomedical sciences major. I always wanted to be up on my feet doing something. Um, now I'm graphic design and I sit at a computer and work all day and I'm just one of those people who really wants to be up on my feet. But having this notion that I go to bed in the same pain and I wake up in the same pain. It's really, really hard at 22 years old. And I just don't know where I want to be. But my happiness is my happiness. It can't be controlled by anybody else. Island. Thank you all for being here today, and thank you for being so vulnerable. If you will, humor me for a second. Are you game? I want everyone to close their eyes for a second. And just put your hands over your heart center. We're going to breathe in your nose and out of your nose. We're just going to do three of them on my, on my prompt. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. There's a lot of heaviness in this room tonight, and I appreciate everyone sharing what you've shared. When Q announced what we were doing, I really wanted to come up here and talk about balance versus collaboration, right? And life, we balance so much, but hearing your stories, I want to pivot. I have felt just about everything that everyone has shared here tonight. And what you see standing in front of you is the other side, right? I'm 46 years old. I have a very successful career in corporate America. I sit across from MBAs and C-level executives all day long, and I entice them to write me million-dollar POs. I don't have a college degree. So I felt less than. I have felt like I couldn't find my way. I have felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like everything that I've tried 
because of all the masks that I've put on have really weighed me down. So I know what you guys are feeling. And the biggest thing that I've struggled with is everything that 99.9 .9 of you shared with. When we are born, we are born knowing only love, unconditional love, but throughout life, we're taught that if you're an A student, you're praised by your parents. If you're a good employee, you're praised by an employer. If you're a good business, you're successful. Well, these are all masks. And what that looked like on me was no beard, a very prim and proper haircut, no earrings, no tattoos, and I wore a suit every day. I was successful, I was making money, I was well-respected, I had that authority positioning, if you will. Everything on paper that you wanted, everything that you guys are striving for, well, I gotta tell you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it when you give up who you are. And I didn't give anything up, I just forgot. I struggled with putting on masks and putting on layers and covering myself up. Now today I stand before you literally on the other end. So most of you in this room, I'm literally twice your age. Everything that you're going through, take it one breath at a time, one day at a time, one hair at a time, right? Doesn't matter, just be here, be now. In this moment, everything that you have felt after those three breaths, did they seem to dissipate a little bit? Quality of your breath is the quality of your thoughts. The quality of your thoughts is the quality of your emotions. The quality of your emotions is the quality of the reality. Thank you all for lending to this reality. Gabriela, um, I struggle with the concept of money. So at a really young age, I can remember this so clear, my mother grabbed me by my arms and she said, don't ever depend on anyone, like nobody. Not your, even your husband, I was like nine years old. She's like, make your own money, have your own career, go to college, but don't ever depend on any, I could see like tears It hit me hard. I think that affected the rest of my life, who I dated, the jobs I took on, uh, my, my badass negotiating skills. Um, everything was about money. It was just about making more money. And it was funny because I really, uh, I was successful in my career, I was a marketing manager, I was making good money, I was in New York City, I was getting promoted, it was all working. But then I just started becoming really unhappy with it. I would get up in the morning, just do the job, and it was really all for the money. It was just, I was getting paid good money, let me do it, it's good, it's natural, like clockwork, nine to five, nine to five, nine to five. And you know, I just decided to quit out of nowhere. I had no plan to quit, I just decided to quit. I'm like, I'm so unhappy, I don't even care about the money. They could pay me double and I still would have walked out that door. Because it just, the passion wasn't there anymore. So I decided to launch my own passion project. Um, and that security blanket of, of money is n nowhere to be seen. Uh, 
but at the same time it feels really good. Scary. Uh, it's a huge struggle for me to this day. It's, it's a struggle not having, you know, that income that I was so used to having, but um, it's really good to finally work for something that you want to work for. Uh, and the concept of money is just ever evolving, right? It's, it's shifting for me and it feels, it feels refreshing to know that I'm working for stuff that I need versus stuff that I just want. Because there's passion behind what I do now. So the struggle for money lives on. Michael Snowden or Snow? Um, you know, I was back there writing in my head what I was gonna say over and over again about what I struggle with. And I feel like I struggle with a lot. Um, and I'd say the biggest thing is being okay with not being okay. Um, growing up, I really didn't get a lot of people asking me, are you okay? Uh, I was always the athlete, the musician, the anything, you name it. That's what everybody saw me as and labeled me as, and they nobody, nobody ever really asked me if I was okay. Um, I was a caregiver for my mom for, from the ages of 12 just until I turned 21. Uh, there were summers and like years where it was just me and her. She had Alzheimer's and dementia, so she barely knew my name or recognized me. Um, and that still sticks, me to, sticks to me to this day. Um, and it's just not really having that person that could ask me if I was okay. So now people ask me if I'm okay, it's hard to vocalize it and say it. Like I'm used, accustomed to saying, oh, I'm good, I'm okay, and putting on this mask, um, which is kind of where I feel like the name Snow comes from. It's another mask of me being okay, me being a creative, me being a storyteller. Um, and Michael is the young boy who's just looking for somebody to ask if they were okay. One thing that I say I struggle with sometimes, but not as much, is definitely depression. Um, the creative side of me kind of helped me come out of that. It taught me to put some of the feelings that I was, that I was feeling into other forms, whether that be music, whether that be drawing, whether that be some type of photography or graphic design or something. Um, it definitely helped me find who I am and who I want to be. Johnson. My number is 24, which I'm super psyched about because it is the number of uh, the jersey of my favorite basketball player, Kobe Bryant. I really love Kobe Bryant um, because of his work ethic, um, and that is what I relate to him 
um, the most. Um, I work really hard, um, arguably too hard. I'm doing a lot. And um, I, I've been struggling with that because uh, it when you work as hard as I do, I think it requires putting up boundaries and I haven't done that a lot lately. And so when I reflect, reflected on this uh, recently, why do I work so hard? Um, I was brought back to a memory, um, my first internship, where I worked so, so hard to present what I had been working on all summer. And I get up to present and at the very end, I was pulled aside and I was told, you should have tamed your hair. And I was like, really? All that work and that's what you had to say? And so I found a pattern throughout my life where I, I work really, really hard, but people say things that I feel like aren't warranted or they ask questions that I feel like, really, I'm working this hard and that's the question you asked me? So recently um, I'm getting asked questions like, um, you know, oh, you're a data scientist, prove it. I'd like to see, you know, you tell me a little bit more about data. And I'm just like, okay, I guess, but I feel like I shouldn't have to prove myself. And also I'm getting asked a lot of, like, of questions like, when are you getting married? And I'm like, really? Y'all see all I'm doing? And that's the question that's roaming around. So um, that's one of the things I'm just struggling with. And then currently, um, I think also I'm struggling just with um, trust. I'm an artist as well, so I see like, everything that I do as like a work of art. My company is like a work of art. And so I work so hard and now I have to start delegating and I'm like, do I trust this person to um, handle my baby, my work of art, the way that I would? Um, and so I'm just learning now to delegate effectively, trust people, and I'm learning that their contributions are making my work of art even more beautiful. Thank you. Hi, my name is Khalil Hall, um, and just like a lot of you, like I, I've dealt with some of everything from, you know, depression to, you know, uh, I guess just not feeling happy about who I am as a person, you know. But I guess that 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 all kind of stems from. Uh, I guess moving around and things like that. As a kid, I was never necessarily still. I went to seven different high schools. Actually, by my senior year, I was enrolled in three of those high schools at once, <laughs> just about. You know, and with that, you know, I had a lot of people telling me that, you know, you you you're not gonna do nothing. You know, you're not gonna be able to to move the way you want to move because you can't be still. You know, and to accompany that, being a person of color, being melanated, that's also been like a, like a real struggle, you know? Like, I'm not a product of the inner city, but I'm not a product of the suburbs either. I've spent equal time in both places, you know? And throughout those transitions, you hear things like, you know, I'm a, I'm a rock music fanatic. You listen to white boy music. But I'm over in, you know, uh, sub suburban areas. You may not be familiar, but Cordova in Tennessee, you know, and I'm listening to like Wu-Tang Clan, Nas, stuff like that. And now all of a sudden I'm being looked at as this, 
like, like I guess, not nice person, you know, so to speak. People clutch their purse when I'm walking. And, you know, growing up, it was, it was really hard because I didn't understand it. You know, my mom had told me a lot, like, like when you're in certain areas, you're gonna have to, you know, watch how you talk to people. You gotta, you gotta watch how you're walking, you know, keep, keep your wits about you. You know, this world that, that I came into, I did not understand how cruel and unusual it could be. And I guess that's one of my main problems, being naive. Like, like I guess seeing certain things and, and trying to, I guess, paint over them. You know, and the way that I kind of coped with that, like, I, I pick up new skills. I'm a, I'm a polymath, which means I'm an avid learner. Like, I do everything from producing mixed music to, you know, graphic design. I'm an entrepreneur, you know, but through trying to do all of this stuff to drown out all of those negative feelings, like, I'm to a point now where my focus is just everywhere. You know, literally, like, right now I'm working on a project called Creative Insomniac. That's, that's my artist, artist collective, doing poetry, you know, music, the whole nine. But I also have my brand, Svivy and Kitchen Co which I've been also pushing heavily, you know, while also still trying to find a job. I mean, like, like so, so trying to juggle all of this stuff at once, and those are only three of, of a culmination, of a plethora of things that I'm going through. I have a blind father that I take care of as well. You know, so trying to do all of that is not, is not necessarily easy. And I say all of that to say, when it comes to your focus, the universe tends to unfold as it should, and you know, be comfortable in your own skin, period. Appreciate it. Twenty-six. Dewan. So the thing I struggle with the most is failure. Um, so my life begins on uh, the street of 51st and Villard, um, off of Hampton, off of Silver Spring, whichever way you go. Um, uncles, nothing in life. Um, love my mother. Uh, she did the best she could. Grandma uh, did the best she could. I was raised by um, both, and along with my sister and brother as well. And the only thing I could see uh, is failure. Uh, failure from a neighborhood, failure from um, just not being good at math. Um, and I think all of that, the uh, only thing I could really focus on is, is hard work with whatever I was doing. But I've always come back to this home that I grew up in. And it was just like that, okay, you grew up in a poor neighborhood, didn't have uh, the best structured family, and it was funny because something that really stuck out to me as a kid was uh, something I read as uh, Maslow hier Maslow's hierarchy of needs, a pyramid of hierarchy of needs. And so it was like, in order for you to reach like, it was like self-success or something like that, uh, you had to go through these levels. And I was just like, realistically, I haven't even got through level one yet. So it's just like, what guaranteed me uh, success, I guess. And so, so last year, I was dating this girl, and just extravagant like living, like this economy walk. She lived on like Okachi Lake, and she had a her dad was like worth like 2.5 million dollars, and she had this just awesome family. 
And then I would go home to barely a home, barely food on the table. Like, this is my life. Like, how the hell am I seeing success for myself? But through that, um, I found out who I am and what I'm actually capable of. Just seeing that every day, just trying to get up every single day, literally trying not to fight in order to even go to school, which is just insane to me. But through that, the only thing that I can do was put my head down and work. Yeah, I wasn't the best at this. Yeah, I wasn't the best at that. But I promise you, I will pick that up and I promise you, I will outwork you. I might not be the smartest and I might not have the answers to all the questions now, but I will find that way to get those answers. Because through seeing all of that as a kid, the only thing I could do is put my head down and work. Thank you. I don't have a number, sorry. Uh, before I jump on this, I want you guys to give a round of applause to Ken for making this. Another round of applause for everybody who's spoken so far. You guys have done a ton for us and yourselves as well. So go ahead and give you guys a So my name's Izzy. I struggle with expectations. Um, I'm the firstborn in my family, um, and I'm probably, eh, probably age-wise, like middle cousin. Uh, never had a very close cousin from the older age growing up or the younger age. Um, and I kind of just did my own thing, right? I always told people I was never good at sports. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Chris, Snowden, Justin, and Q can attribute to that. All I do is throw up bricks in basketball. It sucks. Um, but I was never good at sports, and I needed to realize very quickly I wanted to go into sports. I was a sports fanatic, and I said, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to be a sports agent. Um, very quickly, when I thought, when I realized I wasn't a good student, I said, hey, that's not going to happen. I'm going to go into sports sales. Um, got this amazing job out of school, right, working for the Bucks. Everybody's basically, in a way, praising me for getting a job out of school before I graduated. And six months in, I hated it. And I had this expectation to be the best, best thing that came out of Stritch or the best thing that came out of my high school. but. It never was the case. And even today, with what we're doing tonight or with what we're doing tomorrow morning, I walk in every morning and I want to make sure that I meet, up, meet everybody's expectation, whether it's my team's expectations or whether it's my family's expectations. So that's what I struggle with. Ken, I didn't want to be up here. And everyone listening to everyone here, up there in kind of the rafters, provided me to have the courage to come up here. I'm dealing with an addiction. I'm dealing with social media. Social media has been my addiction since 2013. I've noticed my thumb goes to Instagram, Facebook, or whatever I've been dealing with. 
and I'm not dealing with my depression. I'm not dealing with my suicidal thoughts that I've been dealing with for seven years. It's okay to not be okay. I just want everyone to remember that because I'm not okay. It seems like I'm, I'm okay on social media and I have this persona and this exciting energy that I bring to the team. But I'm going to a therapist. Earlier this year, I spent four days in a suicidal ward because I wasn't okay. And I told myself I was. And I'm shaking right now because I'm nervous because I want to be open about this. I guess that's it. What's up, everybody? Uh, my name's uh, Justin Jackson. I don't have a number, but um, I uh, was gonna talk about expectations as well. Izzy kind of started with it. Um, so I am a former first-round pick baseball uh, professional athlete. I didn't make it to the major leagues. Um, people thought that I should have. I thought that I should have. I've spent last three or four years of my life not in that space anymore. Um, kind of turned myself into a filmmaker. Um, that's my goals now. And the reason, the expectations, they, they weighed me down in a way that I wasn't able to actually be who I was as a player. Um, I second-guessed myself because I thought I should have been here and not here. I never really was confident in what I was really I felt that I should be doing, and I think that held me back and weighed me down more than anything I could have done. And um, I just say that to say this, because now I'm in a new space. Um, I want to be a filmmaker, yeah, I want to make Hollywood films, I want to do this and that. But now I've made myself uh, be okay with where I'm at in my journey, because that's what's important. Um, everyone has their own journey, and the things that you're going through or where you're at, it's. It's happening for a reason because it's there to propel you for whatever's coming in the future. And if you never uh, went through what you're going through, you wouldn't be able to um, maybe catch that blessing that might be right around the corner. So um, I just say that to everyone. Your journey is your journey. Be okay and live in that moment because you don't want to look in the past and be like, dang, I didn't enjoy what I did because I was so worried about where I wasn't at at that point. Um, thank you. I'm Eric. Um, I'm kind of like you. I wasn't really going to speak and hearing everybody talk. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I got issues too, right? Um, I think my biggest issue right now that I'm dealing with is just like, uh, you know, and it's kind of cliche, but, you know, just, just trying to be a black guy, a black man in America. Not so much in America, but just like in business. Like, you can achieve all these things like you were saying. You can get to a certain level, you can get money, you can get respect, but there's still certain people that are gonna see you only as your color. And for me, um, I can kind of, I kind of, I can forget some of the stuff, but I took a trip recently and I took my wife with me and she, she's not in my industry, but we went to an area where it's like Southern Ohio, Northern Kentucky, and she's Mexican, black dude, Mexican. We just was not welcome. And for her, 
it, it, it was like super sobering to realize like what I got to deal with every day in this kind of field that I'm in. But for me, it was like, damn, like now I just brought her into it too now, you know, it's, it's, it just sucks. But for me, that's, that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now is, is, is it's a constant, um, it's this constant feeling of like trying to do, trying to outdo uh, people who, who's, who still don't even probably have the same level of expertise or experience as you, but because of your color, you're in this constant feeling of like, I have to, um, I have to be like above them or I have to, I, I just gotta outshine them just to get the same respect or credentials that they don't even have, you know, that I've already worked for. So that's, that's, that's what I'm dealing with right now. So that's all I got for y'all. <laughs> No number. My hands are still cool though. Uh, I'm Nick and I struggle with the fear of not living up to the potential that my passion like knows that I have. Uh, like five years ago I, uh, I ended a pretty successful career in sports broadcasting and uh, got out of it because I was a little burnt out and uh, ended up finding my way doing community-driven work um, and social engineering and, you know, design serendipity and all that, you know, stuff. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing, but I found out that I was pretty good at it. And it worked out really well pretty quickly. And then um, it didn't. A person that was responsible for recruiting me into that role that dug this passion out of me that I didn't know that I even had in the first place, uh, pulled that chair out from underneath of me because apparently things weren't working out, but deep down I knew um, there was a sense of threat that I posed that person. Um, and I picked myself up and I, uh, I did it again. <laughs> and I got another role, actually one that I created for myself, um, and had even more success, and it happened again. The person that empowered me to put myself out there and be you know, what I knew how to be with this passion that I have recently discovered pulled the chair out from underneath me uh, because of a clearly, um, a clearly articulated threat. And so for the last two years, I've been on my own trying to make that path for myself, and uh, I'm scared as hell that I'll never get back to how I felt when I had a platform to apply my passion um, and I was honestly fearless. And I think that's why I, I was so successful and so confident and uh, that drew people in, which I think also contributed to that success. And I just can't, I can't seem to find that um, for the last two years. So. But on a bright note, uh, I think things are, I'm starting to figure things out a little, a little bit, pull myself out of that little rut, and uh, new to Milwaukee, um, and, and starting to find some grooves um, from that, for that passion to, to be fiery again outside and not just inside. Um, but the worst fear, uh, standing up here tonight, that I have in my life is getting to the end of it and looking back and saying, I didn't do what I knew I could do. Thank you.
Hello. I'm Tess. Um, I wasn't gonna come up here today. I felt like I didn't really have anything to share. Um, and then when I heard everyone speak, I realized that I do have things that I'm struggling with. Um, right now, and for a long time, I've struggled with compartmentalizing. Um, I talked to my therapist and I thought this was something that was really great about me. And like I could have issues going on at home and I could go into work and just put those aside and be the happy, positive person that I am. And I still do that. And I talked to my therapist about that and she made it seem like it was this great thing. And hearing all of you talk today made me realize that like, yes, it is, but it's really helping me to like dumb down my issues and make me look at them and think that they're not okay, that they're not worth talking about. Um, my brother, my older brother passed away in 2013 when I was abroad and I had to fly home and be with my family and mourn and go back to Italy and be this happy person. And, or so I thought, I guess. <laughs> um, and I think that kind of trained my brain to be this happy, positive person. And the people that in my life are, who are struggling with issues and they talk about them all the time, I'm just like, why can't you just turn that happy switch on? Like, why can't you just be happy? Why can't you just be positive? And why can't you push those things aside like I do? Um, and I've realized after listening to all of you that talking about our issues and being here is a great thing and that we should do it more. And if we let out what we're feeling and we're struggling with, then we'll feel better in the end and those struggles will feel less. They won't hurt as badly and we'll do better. Thank you. Hey everybody, I'm Brema. Uh, I didn't imagine myself coming here at all. Q told me to go first and I was like, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't speak in front of people. But uh, I mean, thank you guys to everyone that came up here and told their truth. Uh, that really inspired me, I guess, to come up here too as well. Uh, this past month has kind of been like the toughest month probably of my life. Uh, you know, for those of you that don't know me, uh, I was born in Sudan, family migrated to Kenya, you know, because there was war, lived in a refugee camp for like most of my life, you know. Uh, the harshest conditions, but this, this month has been really tough. Uh, just uh, this past Sunday, uh, I, <laughs> I woke up to my car being, you know, got stolen, not, not the first time, uh, but, uh, so that, that, that's not the, the worst news either. Uh, but as the day went on, you know, I, you know, my car was already beat up. I was going to sell it anyways. But so I didn't really care too much about it. But come that evening, uh, one, of, one of the, I, I used to work at True School, this nonprofit organization. And, uh, you know, they bring in a lot of students from different uh, parts of Milwaukee to engage them in urban arts program. And 
one of the students that I used to work with uh, was shot this past Sunday. And that really kind of made me feel hopeless. Like, I don't know why I'm here in Milwaukee. Like there is, every single day there's something negative that happens that just tells me to get out. And I just, even through all that, I, I still try to, I feel like it's my responsibility to stay here and then try to make some sort of change and, and just keep being positive and, and you know, smile every day. Like, you know, if you know me, you know, I'm the happiest person. Like, I, I, I smile every day. I don't really try to get, to, to let anything get, get in the way of uh, my happiness or, you know, I'm so grateful for everything from, you know, escaping uh, Sudan and the refugee camp uh, coming here. So I feel like, it's kind of my responsibility, but like the past like two years, I have, I've lost a few friends that I, I made here, and kind of sucks, you know. Uh, constantly, there's so much negative, and especially on the north side of Milwaukee, that's happening, and, and that's something that I'm just really struggling with and trying to stay here. Like a lot of my friends are leaving, and and I just I don't know. Like I feel like if I leave, there's better opportunities, but also. I know my, my parents are here, my siblings are here, and it's kind of my responsibility to, to stay back and uh, just kind of spread positive and, and just love. And yeah, thank, thanks to everybody that's smiling and, and cheerful, positive. And, and if, if you're going through, through it too, like don't, don't be afraid to like feel those feelings because you know it's okay. And yeah, that's it. We went way over time. We had interviews set up there. We were expecting to go to like way, way earlier than it is right now. Um, didn't expect everybody to go at all. Like super, super legit. Like I said, like just an experiment. Just wanted to see what would happen if we brought the people that we wanted to bring in. And like all of you are here for a reason. So we appreciate you immensely. And like everybody's dealing with something. Appreciate you. Like connect. I don't know how much longer we have. 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Sure, I like that. Um, connect, like, and really connect. Like, I'm sick of the, I'm good shit. Like, build relationships, because you're all here for a reason. But thank you. Thank you.